Welcome back to the Jack and John podcast. I'm Jack. And I'm John. And we're on a mission. To help you focus on Christ. Amen. Well, this week, Jack and I are going to talk about some heady stuff. And, you know, we try to keep it light. We try to keep the focus and the energy and not just be two boring old guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, you know, there's some parts of Scripture that are just so deep, and we have to touch on those. And one of the things that's been on my heart and has really struck me is, what is it? What makes God cry? There are two stories we're going to touch on in this episode where Jesus cries. The first one everybody knows, because when you're a little kid and you're learning memory verses, oh, 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 oh. Jesus wept. When I was in uh, church yeah. camp at high school, we had uh, always those contests of who, who knew the most scripture. And everybody oh, wanted yeah. to be first. I know scripture. Jesus wept. That's Every, right. Everybody knew that Easiest <laughs> verse that you, that you can learn. Um, but it's not easy. It's mm-hmm. not easy. And I think that it's powerful that it's just delivered in those two words. You know, um, I'm an author and I've written four books now, and three of them are out. One of them I haven't released yet. And when I'm trying to deliver something and set the tone and create an impact, sometimes I'll give it its own paragraph. And it might even just be one word or one phrase. And, and that's how I read Jesus, Jesus wept. wept. It, it's a power-packed punch. Um, and so in, in the first story, you know, it, it, it says... There was a man in Bethany who was sick, and his name was Lazarus. I mean, it, it's kind of leading you into the story that way. Well, Lazarus was a dear friend, you know, and we, we hear about him and his family a few times in Scripture because Jesus has visited their house, and he's got a sister, Mary, and Martha, and Martha is the one who's famous for fussing around in the kitchen and trying to have everything all perfect, and she's after Mary and says, hey, get in here and help me out with this stuff, and Jesus says, hey, she's doing what's more important, which is spending time with with her Savior, and so anyway, in that in this story, um, you know, obviously Lazarus dies, and Jesus comes and he mourns. He cries over his friend. Why do you think Jesus wept there? Well, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say things, and I'm surely I'm 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 influenced by those things. Um, some people say that uh, he just em- em- empathized so much with his friends, you know, people that he felt the pain of their loss, even though he knew that he was going to resurrect right. Lazarus from the dead. Right. He says to his disciples on their way there, we're going to raise him from the dead. Yeah, and, and by the way, he waited four days before right. he got, and, you know, when he got the news until he went to Jerusalem he, or Bethany. Uh, he waited four days, so maybe he had some intention here. But um, and some people say he wept at people's unbelief. You know, that people uh, didn't really believe yet that he was the resurrection and the life because he tells Martha that I am the resurrection and the life, one of the great I am statements. Right. So why did he, why did he weep? Um, our Savior has emotions, and he feels, and he feels deeply and I think he felt uh, the emotion uh, of loss and of what sin does. Because that's right? right. Because sin 
uh, destroys and he kills. And uh, so before he resurrected him, uh, maybe there's this thought of um, people that, I don't know, that he, he, he was just such a feeling, beautiful, wonderful, compassionate, empathetic Savior. Yeah. And maybe just felt the whole feeling of people. Compassionate, that, that's a great word. And I think it means something different to us today than it than it means in that scripture because you know when we say compassion you know we think oh well that just means that you've got a nice soft warm feeling for somebody else and what they're going through um, they're suffering but that word in Greek language uh, is better translated sick to your stomach (laughs) because it comes from the same word where we get the word guts guts you know he was sick to his stomach. Um, how I relate to that, because the, the, there's one passage that talks about um, him looking on the multitudes and feeling compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And a, um, a personal story, uh, when, the le- when the leper came to Jesus to be healed, uh, do you know what? Uh, Jesus had the power to speak healing at a distance, because there were times that, uh, for instance, Jairus comes, uh, uh, centurions come, and uh, the one centurion with the, with the uh, servant, he says to Jesus, you don't have to go to my house and heal him. You just say the word and he'll be healed long distance, right? So we believe that Jesus has the power to heal whoever he wants to heal, but the leper comes to him. Now, this leper is untouchable. Uh, in other words, people believe that if you touched a leper, you would get leprosy. And so they put them off in colonies by themselves and no one touched them. No one. As a matter of fact, they would walk down the road. They would make a leper walking down the road, cry out, unclean, unclean to warn them so they could walk on the other side of the street from him. And the Bible says when the leper comes to Jesus, the Bible says he had compassion on the leper. And you know how he healed him? He touched him. The Bible says, and he touched him and he's healed. And I think that shows the compassion of Jesus because I believe that touch ministered to a deeper need of that leper than just the physical healing of leprosy. He, he showed him, I love you and, and I touch you. And I think, sorry to bring this up, but uh, that's one of the reasons I really love the chosen. Uh, we talked about that one episode is when they portray the healings of Jesus, they show his compassion. And I believe that was so true. Uh, the leper, not only does he touch him, but he hugs him. And um, I believe that. And so compassion, I think Jesus had compassion on people to meet the emotional need right. that they might have, the spiritual need that they had and the physical need that they have. What a, what a compassionate, loving Savior that he cares about all aspects of our lives. That's what that's what right. I, I think another reason that that he cries is he's human like like we are. I mean, he's God in the flesh. He's God in man. He is Emmanuel, God with us. So he experiences and feels human emotion just like we do. And sometimes when you cry, you're not really thinking, oh, I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> You'll be talking and something happens and you're overwhelmed and the tears come. Not because you're thinking, okay, this is a moment for me to cry. It's it's not an intellectual thing. It's an I'm overwhelmed and here they come and I can't stop it. And and I think you got to understand this is what the week before 
He, he dies. Yes, he's, he's on his way. He knows this. Nobody else knows this. He's on his way, ultimately, to Jerusalem. In fact, when he says, we're going to turn around and go to Judea, his disciples said, wait a minute, wait a minute. They tried to stone you just a couple days back. Yeah. You want to go back there? And you know what? I got to interject this. Thomas, we call him what? Doubting Thomas. Yeah. In this instance, Thomas steps up and says, let us go to Jerusalem and die with him. Right before they went into Bethany and yeah. had the Lazarus situation. So, wow. um, and a personal story for me, when I was in the Holy Land in 2011, and I'd love to go back. Yeah, we need to do uh, that. I'd love to go back. We need to do uh, that. Because it's just life-changing. But I was then only... we could do a Jack and John podcast. A John Paddy from Jerusalem. From Jerusalem. Oh, that'd be great. But it, you said sometimes tears come upon you at the time that you don't expect right. it. And I just, I was in a boat on the Sea of Galilee, interestingly enough, and we'd been to different places, you know, the Mount of um, Beatitudes, and they had a chapel there, and the Beatitudes were around us seeing all this, and other places where they had built uh, churches or monuments over the place where traditionally Jesus had, had stayed. And you see this, and, and I'm glad they did. It preserves these places, and it's important. But when I was on the Sea of Galilee in that boat, the thought was pressed on my mind. Jesus was on a boat on this lake. He was literally here. You can't put a monument over a big lake, right? And so I just thought his presence, he was here. Don't tell he Elon his... Musk that. He might try to figure out how to do that. <laughs> how to put a, how how to to put put a, a monument over it. Like... But anyway, the tears came. I mean, I got emotional and I was sitting there and I looked over at my wife, Melinda, and she was evidently thinking the same thing because I looked at her and tears were coming. We looked at each other and just the tears were flowing. Didn't say anything. And just at that time, <laughs> the captain of the ship, the boat, Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we have a pastor on board the ship. Pastor Jack Easton, I'd like for you to say a prayer for us right yeah. now. And I went, Lord, thank you so much. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't even understand what I prayed. Uh, overcome with emotion. But you know, Jesus was overcome yes. with emotion at the moment. Yeah. Right? Right. So not to diminish the story of Lazarus. <laughs> right. Jesus raises him from the dead to glorify God. And to bring this family together. Um, and that's not like the big thing, okay? Again, it's to glorify God because what happens to Lazarus? Well, he, he dies, dies again. <laughs> he dies. I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us that, but we know that. He's not still walking. Hey, Lazarus, what's going on, man? <laughs> no, he died like all of us are going to die, okay? It was to glorify God and to set the stage for I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, yet, yet shall. shall he live. Okay? And the There's, testimony of Lazarus. Right. Can you imagine the testimony of Lazarus? Right. And what I would say to everyone is that you have that same testimony. Right. If you're a Christian, we're you were sins. dead and been made alive. Yeah. Uh, let me just share with you. You need to uh, hear a gospel song uh, that uh, that is out there. And the, the gospel song is the story of the four servants that were carrying the lame man to Jesus. And uh, it's by greater vision. Okay. And they're, they're talking about a story. Each of those men was healed by Jesus. It's just an imagination story. But this one said, he, he, can't, he can't heal this lame man. I, he healed me, I know, but his, 
His problem is worse than mine. They go through these three, and then the last one, the last guy carrying is Lazarus. And the course is, my name is Lazarus. And I'll tell you, he raised me from the dead. Jesus can heal this guy. It's just awesome. Uh, so Jesus has the power to raise somebody from the dead. That's power. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just amazing. Anyway, sorry. No, I, that was a way. It's all good. So, again, this is in the week before he, he dies. And then there's another passage of Scripture. Jack, would you just read that for us? The- yeah. As he, as he comes in then to Jerusalem. Okay, so he's coming from Bethany from this raising of Lazarus. And by the way, the disciples all the way in are arguing over who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, totally missing it still. So who's missing it? Everybody's missing the fact that the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Yahweh in the flesh, the I am, he said of himself, was going to die and be crucified. Let me say one thing before you start reading, Jack. One of the things that really got me when I went to Israel is because, you know, when you're reading these stories, you kind of get pictures in your mind about how things are and whatever. Well, we drive to get places. And so, you know, to get from Indianapolis to Louisville, for example, I mean, what? Our, 108 miles. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that big a deal because you're driving it. Okay. In the ancient culture, um, you walked everywhere. And so what we lose sight of is how close things were in proximity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Israel's not a big place. Okay, it's like smaller than New Jersey, right? right? right. And, and so when you're talking about Bethany, Mount of Olives, Jerusalem, when Jesus is cresting the hill from Bethany, he can see Jerusalem. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's right there. Um, it's, it's, it'd be like if you're standing on top of Lucas Oil Stadium, if that's a mountain, well, you can clearly see uh, the Banker's Life Fieldhouse yeah. and all of downtown. Logistically, these things are close. There's some distance because they got to go down the mountain and across the the valley and then up, you know, the other side. But in terms of what they visualize, it's right, right there. there. So Jesus literally leaves Bethany, and boom, he's right here. Yeah, Mike, our techie guy, uh, said that when he came into Jerusalem for the first time, his experience of going there was he saw the lights of the city because it's all surrounded by mountains. Lights of the city of Jerusalem. And then he was emotionally affected by well, seeing the, the, the driver the, says, welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome. Oh, welcome my goodness. Home. So we, we come to this place where Jesus is now coming into Jerusalem and he's looking over the city, coming down out of the mountain, looking over the city. And this is emotional. But this is what he says. He says, as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. And he said, so now we know why he's weeping, because he tells us this is what's in his heart. He said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. He's talking about his death. He's talking about his sacrifice. And he came to this earth to share his sacrifice. He's talking about his presence. He's talking about his presence, being with them. I'm here with you now. Yeah, if you'd only known, that would have brought you peace. Then he says, but how it is hidden from your eyes, lack of faith will hide these things from you. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground and you and the children within your walls. That's what he's talking to the city of Jerusalem, the people of Jerusalem, his people. 
supposedly. And he tells them prophetically what is going to happen. And that did happen. And then he says, they will not leave one stone on another because you, here it is, you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. You missed it. God sent me. I came to you and you missed it. Folks, if you're missing the coming of Jesus Christ to this world and into your life, you break the heart of Christ. He literally weeps over your lack of faith, of our not believing, of our not understanding who he is. He weeps over that. And that just really, that really touches me that Jesus is coming into the city. He's going into his week of passion, all the things he's going to experience up to his crucifixion and then resurrection. And basically he says, I'm going to do this. And for many people, it's all for naught. Because if you don't accept me, then it wasn't for you. And what a waste, right? What a loss. Don't have Jesus weep over you. You know, come to him in belief and faith. And if you want to know how to do that, contact us. That's what we would love to share with you. To focus on Christ. Introduce you to him. So that's the second time he weeps. He weeps over lack of faith. Yeah. Over unbelief. Well, I told you we were going to get into some heady stuff <laughs> and some deep stuff. And and it is. Um you know, sometimes I think also we have to ask ourselves, cry out to God and say, God, help me cry for what you cry for. Amen. Help me see what you see. Um, By the way, John, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't also share with you what happens immediately. After this. Oh, yeah. What happens next? Where does he go, John? Well, he goes to the temple and cleans it out. Yeah, his anger is seen. His yeah. judgment. He's bringing his judgment. As you know, he, yes, he brought salvation, but, but he, in that moment, he's judging Jerusalem right. because from the time he cries, he goes straight to the temple and he cleans it out and he says, You've turned my house into a den of thieves. Den of thieves. And what is the house of God supposed to be? A house of prayer. A house of prayer. Folks, a house where you talk to God. Talk to God. Wow. And they missed him. That's good stuff, John. Don't boy. miss him. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> Don't miss, miss him. him. So. Thank you again so much for watching and for listening. Um, remember to contact us at connect at jackandjohnpodcast.com. Um, check out our website, jackandjohnpodcast.com. <laughs> we love you guys and we really appreciate you. Uh, God bless you. And uh, I think you're listening to this right before uh, 4th of July. So uh-huh. happy Independence Day and 4th of July weekend. <laughs>